You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast, episode number 67. Okay, chances are if you're a photographer, you might have issues with writing your own copy, not only just coming up with copy, but having really compelling copy as well. And today's guest I have admired for a very, very long time. And I'm so honored to have her as a guest on the podcast today. Her name is Ashlyn Carter. She is an incredible copywriter. And I actually found her originally because I believe she was Jenna Kutcher's copywriter for a while as well. And I am so excited for this conversation. We're going to be talking about how to create your brand voice that converts into sales, how to have copywriting that gears towards your dream clients, how to create conversion copywriting for your marketing strategy and content, and so much more that we kind of talk about and go over just creating really compelling copy. I am so excited for this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast with Rachel Traxler, a traveling wedding photographer turned creative business entrepreneur. Each week, Rachel brings you purpose-driven action to become the ambitious entrepreneur you are meant to be. We'll dive into topics such as life, business, failures and successes, and being the best version of yourself you can be. This is a warm and positive space for all creative entrepreneurs to come together, inspire, and grow. Because every day is an opportunity to shine here at the Gold Biz Podcast. Now here's your host, Rachel Traxler. I am so honored. I've been such a longtime fan of today's guest. Ashlyn is here with us to talk all about copywriting. She's an absolute genius expert. Um, uh, Ashlyn, thank you so much for being on today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, Rachel. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I'm so excited. Okay, but before we dive into anything, why don't you give a little rundown about who you are, what you do, your background and that stuff. Yes. Okay, I am in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've been in business now six and a half years, but I I never like changed my major in college. I've always wanted to work in words somehow, um, studied journalism in college, worked in corporate marketing, and I did wedding calligraphy on the side. And so I would go to meetups with creative entrepreneurs, and I saw them talking about like, not knowing what to say to an inquiry response or wanting to up their prices a few thousand dollars and not knowing how to argue that. And I was like, what? That's hard? Like, give me that. That sounds like a cakewalk. And so that's when I realized there was a little bit of um, like a Ashland size gap in that certain niche. And so um, that's when I pivoted my business to do that. And yeah, it's been six and a half years. So uh, my business is Ashland Writes. Uh, we have a copywriting agency side and we have a template shop side because I think that not knowing what to say should not be the thing that's holding you back from making sales. You photographers, y'all are dang good at what you do. So, Yes, I love that. And you know, a lot of us photographers, we are visual people. We're creative. Yes. We got into it for that. We're not necessarily always good at words. And so yes. that like, con- like copyright, but then also conversion copy is yes. can be really challenging for photographers. So that's why I think this is so helpful because it's connecting yes. those two for the most part, speaking for, yeah. you know, majority, like obviously some yeah. people are great at it. But no, yeah. Rachel, you're spot on too, because you guys have such, I feel like you do it without even noticing, um, kind of like bedside manners, the best word I can think, but y'all have a, such a supernatural ability with humans and you know, psychology so well, but if we, what we need to do is like take those skills that you do incredibly well and see how we can apply them to words and sales psychology, because it's, there's a lot of overlap there. It's just, you're right. The medium is completely different visual as opposed to words. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. That's exactly it too. And yeah. So that's like a really good place to kind of start to dive into our conversation because basically what do you think and how do you find, because I think a lot of people tend to write the same way or don't really know how to write and all that stuff. So how do you suggest that people write in their brand voice, but yeah. then also connecting writing in your brand voice, writing like good words that speak your brand voice, but then also converting. Like Love how it. do you tie all those three into one? So good. Okay. So the way I've got two things to kind of kick us off here. What, if you can picture a Venn diagram, that's two circles that overlap and what we need to do, your copy needs to be a combination of your voice. Absolutely. It needs to I mean, we all know like the axioms that you hear out there, people buy from people and you are like the personal brand, especially as a photographer, like people, you, that photographer has got to make you feel comfortable because you're probably gonna have to like, I don't know, kiss in front of them or whatever. And so that voice and persona is important. However, it has to juxtapose and come together with what your clients and your customers are saying in their language, in their verbiage. And that's the part where I think a lot of us, um, or at least a lot of what I see in our industry is a little bit more of an obsession with voice and our, like we just kind of forget that there is a level of research and listening that needs to be just mirrored back like a mirror exactly by, right back to your client so they can see that you have understood their feelings and you've considered what they're weighing um, in their head. So that is kind of that's like my hypothesis that I teach on all the time and like copywriting for creatives and in my YouTubes. But here's something, this came up the other day, and I almost put it in a, a newsletter. And then I thought, no, I'm going to save that for a moment where I can talk it out because um, I want it to come across the right way. So here's my moment. I haven't, like, talked here about this yet. <laughs> okay. so, you heard it here first. So um, there we have a student inside Copywriting for Creatives. Her name is Diana, and she is just, like, hilarious, like, Voicey, she, I'll go ahead and say it, she curses like in every sentence that she says, and she's in the wedding industry. So she was trying, and it goes back to Rachel, what you said about like these trite, overused phrases that we just see all the time swoon worthy, a marriage more beautiful than your wedding. Like I could list you all the things that I've seen on photographers' websites, and it's just because it's hard to come up with something new to say. Well, Diana dug and dug and she ended up having like a crosshead headline on her homepage website that can I say that I'll just, I'll spell it and you tell me if I can say it. I said, <laughs> you can say you're, it. A whole, okay. it's <laughs> a, you're a whole damn vibe. Your wedding photos should be too. And that I was like that she showed me that she came up with it on her own. And I was like, sister, yes. Like that is exactly it's, I mean, again, you talked to her for two seconds and that's her. Not, I'm not saying you have to curse in your, like you do you in your verbiage, like, right. you know, whatever your brand voice is. But I want, I showed that as an example or explain it as an example, because she came, she kind of pushed the norm of what is in the industry. And it took her some digging. It took her some time to figure out, but boy, she struggled. <laughs> like, I just thought that was so good. And like, next to her photos, it like I wanted to book her and I don't have any reason to book. Like it just, it made you feel something, you know? So right. um, yeah, I'll stop there. But that's kind of when I saw that done, I was like, that's, that's voice and customer data done right. Yeah. And you come across that and you're like, oh, you're almost like taking it back. Like, oh, I haven't seen that before. 
you know, and it's like, that's kind of what you want, like that brand identity too. But also like you were saying, Ashlyn, it has to be aligned with your brand. Like you can't just pull this off. It works for her. You have to look within because I think a lot of people look to get inspiration from others. And that's why we all start blending in together. It's like exactly what you said with your client. As soon as she looked in, boom, that's when the magic happens. Exactly. I, when I, I've talked about this in some YouTubes, um, I have a process or concept called copy banking. It's really just like swipe filing, but it's my version of it. So I'm always looking out there and I tell people like, don't look at other photographers or even like other wedding industry. Like look at what is the luxury car market saying? What is like the champagne industry? What is the mattress industry? Like look and see, there's so much great marketing, Taco Bell's tweets. Like there's so much great marketing out there. If you can start to copy bank and like make a little collage deposit of ideas and phrases and words that might be your brand voice, even if it's, you know, being used in some completely disparate industry, then that could be something that sparks an idea. And that, again, I say that because Diana did a lot of that kind of work. You, and it's hard. It's hard to look outside your industry, but you're exactly right. That's where a lot of um, really good finds are. Yeah. I, I love also looking outside our industry, you know, just outside the box too. And I think that's such a good point and such a good tip, Ashen, of like where you can get inspiration elsewhere, besides, you know, after you kind of have dug in all that stuff too. Yeah. But with copywriting and all of that stuff, how do you like not only just say, okay, I'm really confident and I feel good about my copy. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's, it aligns with my brands, all that stuff. But how do you make sure it's actually speaking to and attracting to dream clients? Love it. Numbers, baby. That's like, I hate all math, but marketing math. Um, I like that. It always comes down to, I mentioned to you before we started talking that my friend from home, like she, we just have a funny, I mean, we've known each other since we were five, but she books unbelievably well, you know, so she hasn't really had a marketing issue until, I mean, right now you'd say that maybe. So, and I, I say that because sometimes I've, I, I want, I don't want to be like, listen, if your conversion rate is that like, if your numbers, it always comes back to the numbers. They tell the true story in your marketing. So you know that it's working or not working based on how many leads are coming in and how many are converting, um, how many people are visiting your website and taking the action that you want them to take. And so sometimes I do feel like that it seems like you have to have like a degree in Google Analytics to even understand what in the world, and they change it like every quarter. But um, if you can start to learn the basic, the very basics of that and understand that the game is driving people, it's a volume game, it's a numbers game. Whether you're launching your service, whether you're launching a new set of presets or your fall session spots, it comes down to how many eyeballs are seeing it. We can pretty much depend on a regular number. It's between like 2 and 10% of the eyeballs that see it will say yes to the offer. And if you can start to think about, I don't know about you, but and y'all are more, I feel like y'all are a little more analytical by nature because you can play with light and see things. That I'm like, there's a lot of numbers in photography. I think. <laughs> It, it takes the scariness away from me when I'm marketing. If I understand it really is, it's not an emotional, it's, I don't know, when you take the emotions out of it a little bit and look at the data. 
Yeah, I love that too because it's almost you can take it, take you know, not feeling yeah like the emotional side of it and not take it so personal when something's not working because then it it's kind of becomes yeah. like a fun game. Like okay, yeah. this didn't yeah. work clearly because of my numbers. Okay, that's fine. Let's take a step back and see what yeah. I can do to fix it to make that. So it's almost like a game. So yeah, I agree. I love that when you can take the emotional side out of it and just figure out okay, this isn't working. What else do I need to try? Yes. Yeah, I like, I like that you said that too. Cause I mean, God knows like the like Instagram, social media these days, like if that, if you can get through that without mental gymnastics and like, yes, <laughs> it, but, but again, like I was listening to, it was that, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was on Joe Rogan show and he's talking about the algorithm. And when I heard him re-explain like, what is the purpose of the algorithm? I was like, Oh yeah. Like, I get a little bit emotional sometimes about things and I forget it really just, um, I don't know. It comes back to some numbers. So oh, absolutely. I feel like we all do. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good, that's such a good reminder actually to like circle it back to like what the algorithm It's not nothing personal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I totally get that. And sometimes you like talking, I guess about social media because I can you tell us a little bit about the difference between just regular copywriting um, and then like creating conversion copywriting, I guess the difference between that for people like for marketing, for marketing content. Okay. Great question. And they are cousins like content marketing, right? It takes bottom line, it takes a ton of words to market your (laughs) business, right? Like I feel like it's just, there's always another writing task. Um, but content writing and marketing is a little bit um, higher up in the funnel. I'm using air quotes when I'm saying that. It's copy and communication and words and verbiage, whatever words you want to throw in. It's attracting and pulling people into that top part. It's awareness is, yeah, attracting and pulling them in. When I say conversion, I'm talking a little bit more mid to bottom of the funnel, I am getting an action to happen. I am getting them to open the email, to click on the link, to press send, to hit reply, to fill out the application, to submit their credit card details. Like I'm really pushing for that action. Um, There's more of a, I did a YouTube video recently where I talked about like lawyering up in your copy. There's a little bit more of an arguing in a good, like arguing well in conversion copy, as opposed to, you know, your content marketing where you're telling a story about whomever you're photographing or, um, you know, you're, you're educating them on your process, that kind of thing. Whereas, yeah, you're, you're arguing a little bit more. Why you, why now, why 7,000, whatever it is, that's the difference. Ooh, I love that. And do you have an opinion or anything about that on not, I don't, I don't want to say percentage, but how often you should be doing each? That's good. You know, that's really good, Rachel. Cause I feel, I take it a lot. I, my goal is to always like make copy for their clients and my students that works when you can't and that's sustainable and doesn't have to be updated. So I feel like I'm now getting back into social media. I'm like, okay, I've taken some time off because I everything was just, it was all working. And then now yeah. I'm like, oh, we I, it's time to go get some more traffic again. So I'm kind of playing with that now. And I mean, I guess I could look at kind of what I've mapped out on my desk. I probably have one to two asks per week and everything else. So five to two ratio. 
Yeah, that's I'm gonna take a stab and see what happens. Yeah, no, that's great too. Just because it's like one of those things where I think you want to nurture and you don't want to, you know, try to push like conversion stuff all the time. But then when you do, you know, I just was curious on like what your thoughts were and how you balance that out. And I suppose it always depends on what you have launching and what your, you know, your launches and stuff look like. But I think that's, that's great. That's, I think, really helpful just because it's like, where do you start, I guess? And like, how do you do it? And, and all that. So that's what I always want to know from people too. Like I, yeah, I ask people like, what are, how, what's your, like, what's your strategy right now? It's just, it's right. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Um, and two, just with, okay. Cause I know we were briefly talking about just photographers in general, like using the same phrases, you know, standard, you know, industry standard, we all are kind of like starting to mesh together, sound the same, look the same, all that. And obviously I want people to stand out. I Like that's what you probably want to as a copywriter, like you want to stand out. So are there any like do's and don'ts that you suggest? Are there any phrases that you see that you're like, yeah, we got to stop. <laughs> you got to dig deeper. Any do's and don'ts in that way? That's good. Okay. I can think of two do's. I wish I could think of some some spicy don'ts, but I can't right now. Besides, but I feel like Swoonworthy was also kind of like a few years ago, and I haven't seen that as much anymore. Sure. Um, two things that always like can help you stand out. Number one, developing what I call with students an onlyness factor. You've got to be able to tell me why you do what you do differently or better than somebody that does the very same thing, especially if they charge less and especially if they're in your market. You have to be able to tell me that. And photographers, your answer cannot be, I just make my clients feel so good. They just love me. They just love, like, I I ask photographers that and they always say, they're like, they really just like me. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's all I'll say. Need more. <laughs> yeah, we need to dig and. I, an onlyness factor should feel like uncomfortably tight, but you, it's the goal is like, it's where you're shooting your arrow and you're going to, you're going to, if you're in that realm, like if that's, if your ideal client is in that realm, that's okay. But we do need like, we do need a very specific aim on like why you're different and what, what you have to offer. That could be your process, your onboarding process. That could be your, you know, what I usually, I feel like with a lot of photographers, it can come down to your artistic style. Um, like the, the eye that you bring to it, your background influences a lot of like, whether you, um, you know, did you go to school for this or did you, um, did you work in, commercial product for years. And so like you have an eye for, you know, whatever it is, your background can be a way that like only you have your story and nobody else does. So that's why I usually tell people your story is like a really good, um, you have monopoly on that. The last thing I was going to say is like your, uh, your process from like an intellectual property type standpoint for lack of a better word, but like, you know, your six step wedding day, process that you execute with all your wedding clients or whatever could be another reason so that's one tip I like a do I have is do develop some sort of unique value prop or only this factor it's like buddy it feels so good to be able to sell with something like that and then the second is a brand messaging style guide or some documentation of your voice because we've thrown out some ideas during this of ways you you know you could say this you could you could look here you could um 
look for inspo over here. But if you can codify, codify your words into a document, like you have a mood board, you have a vision board, you have all these visual assets for your brand, brand board, but have some kind of formulation for some of these key phrases, because those are the things that if you can say to your audience so much that they say back to you, that's gold. That's what you want. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that so much too, Ashlyn, because that's kind of like what differentiates you too, like your brand promise and having like that, you know, pitch like that you're saying. And those are the things that make you so different and that you can just naturally say. And when you say it, you can identify it with that person because it's, you know, very specific to them. So I love that too. Like exactly how you were just saying, making sure that you can like verbalize it and say it. And it's like, natural and comfortable and all that. So that's such a good, such a good piece of advice. I forget. Did you say that you have don'ts or you don't have don'ts? I I don't right now. You're asking me on like a non-spicy moment. I swear like I'm going to start to tell you what, Rachel, I'm going to start like a list in here because I did a video recently on the worst copywriting advice that you've ever like that you've heard that you're implementing. And so I feel like I got out some of my feels in that video. No, I'll, um, I'll try to come up with some more. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's okay. We're just, then we'll just focus on the do's today. We'll focus, we'll focus on that. But, um, you were just saying something that I kind of want to tap into a little bit, something about really leaning into your story and that kind of sparked the idea for me, how much of your story or your about me page should be about you and your story and how much should it be where it's speaking to kind of like speaking to your client, how you can serve your client. Like, how do you yeah. balance that with the copy? What do you like to see with like about me pages? Cause I know that's always yeah. such a struggle for people. Love that. Okay. Yeah. This is really good too, because I think, um, I think a lot of us probably err on the side of forgetting to share our origin story. And, and then all of a sudden, or you, or you say it's, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I feel like everybody knows. And then, um, actually yeah. I created a reel that I need to publish at some point, but it's like my story. Cause I, I came to a point, you get to a point sometimes where you're like, Holy cow. I, I think it's been six months since I said like, why even do what I do? Yeah. So I think in your about page is kind of, um, like the ground zero spot where that story lives. I am very, like, I think I am, pro long about pages. However, I think a lot of people approach them and inverse the message and they're leading with themselves and their track record before they've earned the opportunity to say all that in the copy. So I argue for, and I'm happy to share, um, we have a link to a YouTube video where I talk about it. I I say it's an A-R-T-I-S-T framework, but basically you need to have an attention getting headline and the art, you need to reassure the person that, hey, your search is over you're in the right spot. And you do that by having a moment where you show them empathy. Like we talked earlier, I know your problems. I know what you're looking for. You're in the right spot. My name is so-and-so. This is, that is exactly the problem that I saw. That's a fixable problem. Here's how I do it. So that's, that's what I usually see. And then then you can go into your track record and your story and, you know, step into your office. What does it look like in your studio? But it just comes secondary to earning their, approval to even share that. Yes. Okay. I love that answer. And I agree so much too, because I think a lot of people, it's hard. Like 
when it comes to writing about yourself, people freeze up. Be like, I don't know what to say. It, you know, we just don't. There's no probably right way, right you know, way to do all that. But I do see a lot of people starting off their about pages. Well, I picked up a camera when I was 17, and I, <laughs> you know what I mean. And it starts that way. And I'm always like, okay, but that's not as a as a potential client. I'm not like, oh, I'm gonna book her. She booked, you know, from yeah. that beginning part of it. So. I agree. And I love everything you just said to just starting off, like earning their trust. I love how you put like putting it in a way that the search is over. I love that. And that's a good way to approach it and think about it too. Cause then that kind of helps you write your copy. Like, okay, what can I say to help that like come to their mind? So that's, that's awesome. Okay. Well then you talking helped me figure out a don't that I can share now. (laughs) If you say like about Rachel at the top, cause it's just like you said, it's like, I want you to come in and like, like I care about you, but I care about you through the lens of me and the 5,000 to $10,000 or whatever budget that I have for this that I have. So like, I care about you, but I care about spending my money well. And so that's how your client is approaching your about page. So yeah, don't kick it off with like about like, that's just, we can go, you can do better than that. So yeah, um, yeah. kind of like the Diana analogy I mentioned earlier, how she like put some thought and some elbow grease into it, came up with something really good. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's good. I think that's going to be good for people too. Cause it's almost one of those wake up calls almost of like, okay, I don't know where to start, but maybe if I can approach it with that mindset, I can come up with something and then kind of tying it back to your story. Like you were saying, kind of tying it back into your, you know, your why and your brand promise and all that, and then kind of go into like a little bit more about you. Yes. So that's the person out there who's like, I, you're your hardest person to write for. If you can gather, like we talked about, your brand voice and get that on paper and you can get good at listening and hearing to what they want to say and have those things sitting in front of you before you write an about page or whatever at your client welcome magazine, whatever it is. Like, Don't start with a blinking cursor on a random page. Like, Start with a ton of raw material in front of you and it's so much easier. That is a really good piece of advice too. Cause that's so overwhelming when you just kind of start from scratch. So that's yeah. so, so good. Ashlyn start with what you have from aspects of your brand and stuff like that. That is, yeah. that is pure gold right there. And then yeah. another quite a quick question that came up to me too, when you were saying is with your brand voice and your brand messaging, how do you kind of come up with your own isms? I guess. Yes. That is a great question. That, I, yes, mine I mean, I look at my text messages. I look at like meme accounts that I follow. Like what, what people think is funny, I think tells a lot about what their isms could be. And so, yeah, like what shows are you watching? What, yeah, what accounts do you follow? What podcasts do you like listening to? Um, What are, what's in your emails back and forth with your clients that you struck up a really good rapport with? Um, Like if you could, clone a client because you were like, God, they were just so good. You know, go back and look at your email chain with them. And uh, what did you say? What did you joke about? What kind of banter did you have with them? Cause you probably stayed professional, but you also let your personality come out a little bit. Uh, those are the places I usually start looking for isms. If I have a client, um, we go listen to like podcasts that they've been on or lives that they've done. Uh, because a lot of times you'll say things that, it translates beautifully to the written word. That 
is awesome. I never thought to do that. That is so cool. And like, it'll just come so natural too, because it's just what you already are naturally drawn to. And it's just, that is so good. I never thought to do that. Okay. There's a quote that my, there, uh, some old dead famous (laughs) copywriter. Um, Copy is not written, it's assembled. And so if you can start approaching your writing instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, I got to pull this out of midair. No, you're assembling pieces of a puzzle that you already have. You just happen to put them together in that conglomeration before. That's beautiful too. That makes it more art. (laughs) You know, emotional art side of it. That is cool. I love that. That's so true too. Oh my goodness. So many ways you've just articulated ways in this like conversation that get my brain turning. So I know that that's going to do the same for everyone else too, just to approach it differently and think about it differently. And I don't know about people listening, but even just the way you said it, it almost like took ease out of me being like, okay, yeah, that's like more simple. You know, I could do that, 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 with that approach. So yeah, that's, you explained it perfectly. Yeah. And just kind of to wrap things up to what's just one final piece of advice that you have for people who are trying to, you know, create or have better copy, anything that you would like. Okay. Play the long game. Like I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of messaging that you're working on or figuring out your value prop, your brand promise, like you said, getting your offer really dialed in. Those are kind of like the non-sexy parts of business um, that sometimes take a little bit more brain juice. But I don't know. I just think about that all the time. I'm like, no, but I want to be in business in five years. Like I want to, I need to make money. Like this is my job. So like whenever I get stuck, I just think like, no, I'm playing the long game. Like there's a lot of just, there's a lot of noise and messages out there telling you to do this or do this, or you're going to miss the boat if you don't start you know, doing this in your business. And um, yeah, let's, we can calm down and just play the long game. Yes. I so much noise, so much noise from yeah. everything. So that is great advice. I think everyone always needs to hear. So that was perfect advice, perfect advice to end on to. Well, thank you so much, Ashlyn. Honestly, this episode, like my mind is just sitting over here, like the wheels are turning. So, but in such an ease, I just feel at ease now. Like, you know, it it just seems a different way you can approach it. And I just am so thankful for you. I've looked up to you and your work for so long and I'm so honored that you're here. Absolutely. It's been a delight. Also, I love hearing people from your neck of the woods say my name. It sounds so great. I can't even do it. But I love that too. We pronounce the the A's differently, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The A's. About my A name. So So funny. Yep. Well, that's just Minnesota, I guess. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ashlyn. Awesome. Thank you. And there you have it. That was an awesome episode. I am just sitting over here taking mental notes, thinking about all the things that I could work on, I could change, and hopefully you are leaving this episode feeling the same. So if you love this episode, make sure to screenshot and share it to your stories and tag me at Rachel Traxler and also Ashlyn Wrights on Instagram. And make sure to check out today's show notes for all the awesome resources. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Keep shining and we'll see you next time. You did it. You're one episode closer to elevating your business. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to head over to racheltraxler.com 
forward slash gold biz podcast for the show notes and info on today's episode. Keep shining and we'll see you next time on the gold biz podcast.